What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Surf and Sales Podcast. I'm Scott Lease, here with my good friend and co-host, Richard Harris. And we are brought to you today by our good friends and sponsors at Vidyard, Gong, and Lead 411. Uh, we are joined today by Mike Stokes, who it's morning time there, it's afternoon here, it's morning in New Zealand. Mike is the founder of Indicator in New Zealand, and uh, we welcome you to the show, Mike, and look forward to having a good chat. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yes, morning time I'm here. Sun is shining. Well done. Well done. Well done. So it's summertime down there. So tell everybody what uh, what indicator is, Mike, and, and and what you guys do, what you're all about. Yeah, sure. So we've been around for about five years, and our focus is is um, what we see in 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 New Zealand, and and you know really further across other parts of the world. I suppose is that we're really looking to advance the sales profession and to give it more credibility than it's had in the past. Where our business is focused on B two B sales, so working with companies and individuals to improve their capability and performance in the b2b selling area we've got a big focus around sales leadership that's the area that we uh that we love and i guess one of the potentially the unique-ish parts of us is that we're also really focused on building a community here a community of sales leaders and sales people so that they can learn off each other and and push each other along to advance the, the sales profession yeah yeah, that's that's one of my favorite parts about uh, about what you've been up to. What are what are the ways you've been developing and fostering that community? It seems to me that uh, during 2020, there's been a lot of community building, strengthening of communities, new communities popping up. What what have been some of the keys, uh, you know, to your efforts in developing and growing the size of that community out out there? Yeah, well, I mean, we started off by recognizing. I mean, I was in a in a obviously classic. Uh, salesperson who fell into sales and then one day someone said hey do you want to do sales management and you know really didn't have two clues about how to do that and tried to tried to find people to help me and struggled to find them and so when I um, uh, I worked for a, a well-known uh, growth business uh, organization here worked with a variety of different companies to 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 to, to grow businesses and, and when I left there uh, I had uh, people approached me about you know, looking for help in the sales space. And what we really wanted to do when we started was to create a, a, a community or a membership-based um, community where sales leaders in particular could come together monthly with similar issues and challenges. And so we did this all in person and we started a, a program which uh, is called Sales Syndicate. It's still very much running today. And the format is that... Uh, sales leaders spend um, time short, sharp, and often uh, coming together. Uh, previous to uh, pre-COVID, it was all in person, and now it's a mixture of um, uh, in-person and online. And then we grew it from there, and we would hold big events and invite further people, and we'd encourage our, our members to invite guests and um uh, and then it just really grew in terms of uh, coming together, whether it's either in person or online. We launched this year uh, Women in Sales, which was really cool. And we had a, uh, a sold out event with 160, not just women, but um, some men as well coming to an event. And that was that was awesome because that's an area that we, we really want to foster here. And it's just, I guess, just creating something that people can, can, can attach themselves to and meet others and network and bounce ideas off each other and share 
sheer problems was the was the big yeah. focus. In terms of the problems, what have been some of the more surprising common challenges and problems that sales leaders are, are, are talking about and running into? Not, not the ones that, you know, we hear all the time, like, uh, well, I can't get my reps to perform. Like, what are some of the surprising ones that you've come across that, that is collectively everybody's talking <laughs> yeah. about? Well, that's a tough question, Scott, because there's so many of them, isn't there? What are the surprising ones? I, you know, probably, uh, I think, I mean, we're, we're, currently we're, we're um, surveying, we run a survey every year called Mood of the Sales Leader. And yeah, I'm on the list. I love that survey. Yeah. So, so we've, we've done that now. We're on our fourth edition at the moment. And we ask sales leaders, you know, what are the, what are the biggest uh, attributes that, that make up your highest performing um, salesperson. And it was the two that, that, that came out on top and continue to come out on top was self-motivation and resilience. Um, so I don't necessarily think that's a, that'd be a great surprise to anyone in sales, but um, you know, as we know, it's a roller coaster, isn't it? The selling world and we all take the hits and it's how we jump back up and 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 get back into it so they're, they're probably the two that sort of stand out at the moment um i think uh sales culture is always a, a pretty um a pretty fascinating and and curious subject um but um yeah, surprising ones i don't know that's a that's a that's a really interesting one yeah i mean technology's a, a big issue for us as we've spoken on 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 that time when you joined us, Scott, what, what really resonated with us is how far behind New Zealand is on a technology front, uh, because we haven't needed to be. We're we're a very. Um, what does that mean, though? What do you when you say you're behind on technology? What does that mean? Well, it means that when I you know one of the things that stuck in my mind when when Scott was on a webinar with us is that he said. Salespeople often choose to go to companies based on their technology. Yeah. We don't feel that way in this country. You know, we're we're pretty good users of CR, of CRMs. Uh, we're catching up in the likes of of uh, marketing automation tools, but you know, things like Gong and Chorus and Outreach and you know all these technology, we typically don't don't see those in this country. Uh, Why do you? What is it? Because there's a lack of awareness. Is it that culturally we wouldn't want that level of, of insight into someone's job day in and day out? They might feel micromanaged. Is it like, what, what do you think it is? Or is it just general lack of awareness? Well, I think it's, it's a little bit of general lack of awareness, but it's also, it's also that uh, if you look at prospecting tools as an example, we are we're a very, you know, we're a small country. We're a country now of, I think, about 5 million people. And um, so we can pretty much get to anyone really we want to. But also from a cultural perspective, some of the, we're, we're a, a much less aggressive prospecting country, I think. So we're very, we are very relationship focused. Um, there's been some research that's come out that most uh, salespeople in New Zealand actually don't want to be in sales. So we're almost embarrassed to be in sales. And so we're really, in the past, individuals in this country have focused on, 
on you know making friends with people, building these building these relationships with 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 individuals, which uh, is now I think starting to change. So I think we are you know starting to catch up in that space. That's great. I, I really like. I, I also love what you said. Uh, you know, a moment ago about reps, the two biggest qualities being, you know, self-awareness and resilience, right? I think the resilience part we've all sort of known about, I think it's the self-awareness piece that we're finally paying more attention to, right? I think, you know, a year or two ago, at least here, it was all about empathy, 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 right? Be empathetic with your customer, be empathetic with your customer. And now all of a sudden we're like, oh, wait a minute, we need to be empathetic with our team so that we can figure out how to make them better at it. So, um, it's, it's interesting to see that. Do you guys sell to the States or do you really sell more into your side of the world? Because, you know, I mean, the time zone is so different. Um, you know, what's that like? Well, the time, actually, time zone for US is pretty good. Do you mean us as a, as a company or us as a country? As a country. Like, what do you, well, look, you can answer it either way. Yeah, well, as a as a country as a company, no, we don't. Uh, we work with companies in Australia, but we don't sell into the US as a whole. Uh, as a country, obviously, the US is a major trading uh, partner for us, and but the time zone is actually really good for the US. So, what are you five hours ahead? So you're probably what three pm, three thirty pm in the afternoon, depending on where you are. Is that yep, about right? Yep, that's where I'm at. Three thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really good. I mean, when you're when you're dealing with the likes of the UK, when it's twelve hours, that makes things quite challenging, right? So, so, but um, you know, in terms of uh, selling into the US, is a is a big focus for us. You know, as a country, absolutely. I want to I want to ask another question. You know, you said that, and I'm paraphrasing, so correct me. You said that you know you guys aren't as aggressive in sales. Right. What does that mean? Like, what would you define? And we know this about America. Like we hear this enough now that we've done, you know, several of these, you know, we, we know we're sort of the arrogant cowboy looking, you know, sort of pe- acting people. What does aggressive mean in New Zealand versus what, what you've experienced from the States? Well, and it was funny, actually, we had your friend, Beck Holland, on a session with us, uh, Scott, who you um, introduced us to. It was great. And, and she, yeah. we had a discussion around this, around, you know, prospecting at scale. And, you know, she, she talked about which we, you know, we t- she talked about this, you know, this really strong focus on continuous automation and, uh, you know, uh, nailing inboxes and having uh, salespeople, you know, jamming the phones and all that type of thing. In 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 New Zealand, we would we would struggle with that, and and people would pick up on that pretty quickly and and not feel comfortable with it. So uh, we almost we're almost too soft. So in terms of it's almost an embarrass, embarrassment for us to pick up the phone and talk to someone new, um, as opposed to. Um, you know, in the US perhaps where you just actually have to, you have to be a bit more aggressive to get in the doors. Well, it's interesting you say that because um, I still see we, I think we run into that too. I think we either just push people out who don't want to do it or we spend time trying to coach them to do it. And if they don't, we'll, we'll spit them out. Um, but I can, I can also see that too from a, from, I think from a lifestyle perspective, um, so I think the, ne- the next thing is, you know, when you think about those things that mention self-awareness, right? 
in sales reps because you know the ability to dial or not dial is a self-awareness. When you think about that, as you look at New Zealand and the salespeople that you guys do in your survey, um, what do you think that means? What does self-awareness mean there in terms of salespeople understanding their own role? Yeah, well, actually, well, the piece that I that I actually mentioned before, which is which is which is fairly well aligned too, is the self motivation piece. But that's also related to the to the self awareness, right? So, is to um, for me, a self awareness piece is is multi layered, where it comes across as um, you know, how am I doing with this with this opportunity? Am I hitting the right notes? And I am I asking the right questions? Have I have I reflected at the end of the session to understand what mistakes did I make? How could I be better? I think that's got to be a constant for any high performing salesperson is that self awareness to say, you know, where are my strengths? Where are my weaknesses? What are the areas that I need to advance on? What are, how can I how can I look to improve myself? I mean, it's just a constant, isn't it? It's a constant journey about things that we're all good at and things things that we need to advance at. But also to to recognise how you know. I mean, I love things like body language and, and picking up on, on on cues when you're when you're with prospects and in terms of how you're how you're going, how you're travelling with them. Is there a good cultural fit? All these types of things, and that's an area that I think actually not a lot of you know there's certainly not enough focus on is that cultural fit of, of companies as well that you can you can pick up in that in that you know and and how they relate to you, how you work together, how you how you hold a conversation together. Yeah. Mike, Richard, Mike's one of the few guests that we've had on the show who is a surfer, who's a better surfer than me by far. Is, is there a correlation between, maybe not a correlation is the wrong word, like do a, are a lot of salespeople over there surfers? And, and are you using like stories of surfing and the analogies of like, hey, keep paddling as far as like keep dialing and and you know get in front of prospects and that kind of thing or, or right in the wave like the ups and downs and all, all those metaphors is like is that part of the sales culture over there at all i don't see it i don't i don't necessarily see it I, I, yeah i'm not sure i'm certainly i'm i'm gonna argue the point i'm not sure if i'm a, a much better surfer than you my surfing days these days are uh are limited um so Scott just yeah. think you're born in new zealand and then they give you a surfboard right? Like that's the first thing the government gives you is your surfboard. And that's his dream world. So uh, let's keep that. Let's keep that idea going. Yes. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I, everyone's, I mean, you know, in terms of surfing, like everyone in the world is growing, is growing, you know, in, in huge numbers actually. So we used to have a scenario when I was growing up, you could always find yourself an empty beach and if you traveled long enough but uh it gets harder and harder these days so um it's a thing i think that is great about surfing is that it has every type of vocation you know people are involved in from you know accountants to lawyers to to tradies to you know you name it so everyone's involved i'm not sure if it's typically involved in the sales culture as i suppose just just to make sure i really annoy scott because that's usually my job on here how often do you get to surf Oh, you should. I mean, put it this way: if you were asking my brother, who lives right next to the to the beach, he'd be surfing five days a week. Uh, me, I'm I'm probably lucky to go surfing a, a dozen times a year these these days. But that's that's my mistake. That's not uh, 
but you know that's that's something I need to work on. But I am potentially surfing next week, so that's why he's, um, or actually even this week. So he, that's why. Yeah, he's he's, he's got a he's got a trip coming soon, so rub, rubbing it in. Let's say let's say I'm uh, I'm in Amer- I'm in America here, and I want to and I'm selling into uh, you know the the APAC region, yep. right? Which New Zealand, Australia. What are, what are the things that I need to to work to? develop and improve and understand about the markets there and how do i how do i adjust you know my prospecting efforts the way i follow up my tonality i mean we talked a little bit mm-hmm. about you know uh, assertiveness maybe versus relationship building and whatnot there's there's bound to be adjustments how, how can we help um you know coach some of the listeners who might be selling into apac or, or thinking about selling in there yeah well i think i think Firstly, and I'll talk probably about a, uh, a little bit about uh, Australia and New Zealand there as well, and, and probably not wider because that's where my experience lies in, in, in Australia and New Zealand. But uh, firstly, to recognise is that Australia and New Zealand are quite different. So um, they that's a big that's a big of, distinction that a lot of a lot of Americans in particular are un, unaware of. Can you can you get specific with that? Yeah. So uh, yeah, absolutely. We love. I mean, we love Australia and New Zealand have a very uh, unique relationship. But uh, don't tell them. But we um, we love them. But we also love to uh, tease them. And I'm sure it's vice versa, right? So uh, we are not another state of Australia. Let's be quite clear about that. We often we often say that uh, Australia is probably more like the US, and we're probably more like Canada. So um, I'm not sure if that resonates with uh, with you or your listeners but well, that, that 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 resonates with me that makes yeah. sense to me yeah so uh but they're definitely they're definitely quite quite different obviously australia's you know four or five times our size they are um you know probably a lot more on that aggressive front again so in terms of you need to um you know, they're probably, they're, they're definitely more competitive, I think, in, in the business environment. Um, in New Zealand, we are, um, we are probably, you know, the, the word keeps, the, the words pop into my head saying, saying low key, but, but, you know, we're very relationship driven in this, in this country, we certainly have been in the past. So, uh, to come and sell into, into this country, it's, it's, as a starting point, it's really what you know, uh, sorry, who you know first is a first and point to get your um, foot at the table. But then from a foot at the table perspective, once you're in there, um, there is potentially a slower sales process to build that trace, trust and, um, and rapport and faith in terms of uh, New, Zealand, New Zealand sales. So I, I don't think in terms of any, any major principles of, of how we're selling in New Zealand will be wildly different in uh, in you know from the us other than other than that it is more relationship driven it is more about you know potentially building that trust in the in so, the how, so, so let me let me flip it and get super specific right if i'm prospecting and i want to talk to mike I'm, you know i'm at gong or i'm at sales loft or outreach right or course and they want to you know i want to prospect into you yep like, what's the best way to get your attention? And granted, you know, just keep in mind, you're representing 5 million people. So we want to make sure that, you know, yeah. for everybody, <laughs> but you know, what, what does that mean in terms of building the relationship? I, I see tons of similarity, but I also wonder if there's something different. 
Yeah, well, it, it, we're the biggest users of, my understanding is we're the biggest users of LinkedIn in the world, so um, per capita. So that is my my understanding is that pretty much oh. everyone is on LinkedIn. So it is a good starting point. Of course, no one likes that connecting with you and then receiving that, hey, this is my product, da-da-da-da-da. Um, so no one's interested in that. But I think link, LinkedIn is always a, is a good potential to start. And of course, if you have... Um, if you have contacts in common, that is absolutely vital. So, so in terms of you know connections in that way, I, we I love receiving cold calls. I, I very rarely receive cold calls, which is disappointing to me because they absolutely still work in this country. My my understanding in the US is very difficult to get people to answer the phone. We are very much still uh, a phone driven but um, country where we will answer. Um, we will answer the phone even if we don't recognise the the number. Um, and just like anywhere, yeah. you know, we don't like being we don't like being sold to. We like um, value added to. But but I think for me, in terms of LinkedIn, is a good initial uh, initial um, connection. If there's anything of, of value that you can add to me through that in a in a genuine and honest way, then that is great value. If you have mutual connections that you can um that you can somehow hook us up you know all of those key things but we used to i used to work with uh, a number of startups in my past you know in a past organization and uh country we used to we used to have startup businesses that would come out from the u.s to validate what they were um you know potential their, their potential um uh, product or service because we, you can get to anyone in the country, literally. There is not a, um, you know, with almost without exception, you can through a variety of different connections and contacts reach pretty much everyone. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure how well the likes of automation, uh, marketing automation works in some areas from a prospecting perspective. I think it can absolutely add value, but it has to have that personal side of, side of things as well. And um, so, and ultimately, I think that would be my number one thing is make it personal. This, this is uh, normally, I would say, Richard, that Mike is about to get cold called by like 5,000 uh, salespeople. However... Yeah. That one of the reasons he's not getting calls, at least from U.S. companies, is because so much has shifted to automation. So mm. many less sales, so many less salespeople are picking up the phone and cold calling. They're heavily reliant here in the space now upon upon email, uh, <clears throat> and you know, personalization and automation is a tricky thing to to get right at scale. They're not the the easiest of bedfellows, you know. So that's, that's a big, that's a big difference. So if you're prospecting into, you know, New Zealand in particular, you might need to uh, do it the way we used to do it. Actually pick up the phone and call somebody. Like I, I don't do it on our podcast, but I, I would, but I, every podcast, every webinar I go on, I give out my phone number and I specifically say, nobody calls me. It's my real phone number. It's not some Google fake number. It's my legit phone number and nobody ever calls. It's hilarious. I even had um, CEO at a, at, um, terminus go on a couple of presentations at different events and he's like hey you should call this guy richard see he has his number in his linkedin profile i think one person ever called me from him presenting in front of hundreds like it's just it's ridiculous um and i call, call reluctance is a is a real thing yep. here mike you, yet it hasn't uh it hasn't impacted you all in in new zealand yet mike yeah, I think the, the other thing I would say, too, is that people have to read. I've been preaching this this year is that you have to redefine scale. 
scale means if I can call 15 people and get, you know, four people to, to, you know, A, pick up and B, set a meeting, that's scale, right? Not a hundred, right? And, you know, you focus on those 15 people for like three days in a row, calling at different times of the day to get them to pick up. So that to me is scale. And that's a redefinition of what I think people expect. Mm, yeah. Well, and it depends, obviously it depends on the, the you know, where you're selling into, right? How, how, how big the, um, the opportunity is and so forth. But yeah, I, I, you know, I very, very rarely um, receive, receive cold calls. Um, and some of them I, you know, when I do, there's obviously a, a massive variation between the good ones and the bad ones. But um, I, you know, we, we actually, when we first started our business, we were making cold calls to sales leaders and sales leaders, you know, tip for anyone in, in sales. If you're selling to sales leaders, they love to get a call yeah. typically. Oh yeah. They love Cool because they're first, you like to you like yeah. to hear other people's style and approach and yeah. you know, sometimes Absolutely. I try to learn what they're doing and steal it. Yeah. But yeah, completely. But what I also find is that what if I if I ring you and you don't know who I am, Scott, you you know, you're actually excited that I might be a prospect in many ways. So oh, yeah. so you know, so so I used to say that and I always used to say, look, I'm I apologize, I'm calling out of the blue. And they'd love it. You know, so, so, but yeah, I, uh, typically I, you know, I always, when I've seen those surveys go around where people say, what's the best tool for me, the phone is still the best tool. Yeah. Well, uh, we, uh, we need to move towards, towards wrapping the, uh, the show here today, but it's been fun talking, talking with you, Mike, and we want to thank Vidyard and Gong and lead 411, our sponsors. we like to end every show by saying, how can we be helpful to you? you have any questions for us? Is there anything that you're working on right now that you want to give some, uh, some airtime to? This is uh, your opportunity, you know, to, to try to let us help you, Mike. Well, I love that, you know, I, particularly if I, if I look at what you did over that, um, uh, over that, uh, you know, lockdown period and, and you're getting, you got your podcast piece up and running where you had hundreds of people signing on to those, uh, to those webinars. You still running those? Yeah, we are. We, we've been doing these that uh, we call them bonfire sessions. Yeah. Uh, so they've got a, a name now. Uh, so Richard and I have been doing a few of those. And, so these uh, are the Thursday, you know, Thursday night sales. Oh, you're night. talking about, you're talking about Thursday night sales, the happy hour. Oh yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We're on like week, uh, 41 or week 42 of, of that. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, I love that in terms of the community piece. So I'm always keen to hear about opportunities to advance, you know, the community element. I think that's really important. Uh, and at some stage too, I want to bring bring the uh, mood of the sales leader to the US. So if anyone's keen to do that, let me know. I'll lead you in the right direction. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you know, I'll I'll be there when you do that. We were we were just chatting. Scott was texting me on the chat and saying, we need to move there and do business. And I'm like, you're not moving anywhere as much as he wants to. He loves to live the dream, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might be, yeah, keep it a dream, mate. You might be disappointed. You never know. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. thanks so much for, uh, for spending some time with us, Mike. And uh, everybody should check out Mike and, and his company, Indicator. Best way to get a hold of you is on LinkedIn, Mike. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. Actually, I have one more thing. I just, I want to make sure you mention it again. You said you do a survey every year. Describe that survey real quick before we, before we wrap. Yeah, so, so, so this is our fourth edition we're running. We've called it the mood of the sales leader. And ultimately it's a, uh, it's a survey of, and it is New Zealand, New Zealand sales leaders focused, but it's a survey where we highlight 
how it's you know how the year is we do it at the end of every year how it's tracked how the year is tracked for sales leaders you know did you reach your did you reach your numbers did you employ more people what was the biggest challenge you had you know all these types of things and then in terms of the expectations of 2021 uh, or the year ahead you know what are you seeing and the reason why we we do that survey is that when we were, you know, monthly seeing, you know, all these sales leaders, they were telling us these issues and the challenges that they were having. And, and so we wanted to formalize it and share it. And we also recognize that sales leaders are in, you know, the best position to inform others about how the economy is. So, because they're the ones who their teams and so forth are out there talking to the customers, are they getting forward orders or, you know, how are they, how are they predicting the year ahead? And you know what, every year, um, the sales leaders in this country have, have basically, and particularly in a roundabout way this year, predicted what's happening, what's going to happen in the year ahead. So meaning, you know, were they pessimistic about the year or were they seeing great success ahead? And they've been bang on every time. Uh, results aren't out yet for, for this one. We're not quite finished the survey yet, but I'm predicting that actually the from a... Um, from an expectations of the of 2020, they're actually going to be pretty close. Um, so yeah, so it's been a, a, it's been a pretty cool journey, and then tracking tracking the changes every year. It's a great it's a great survey, Richard. You should get on the uh, list. I've got. Yeah, I need uh, to get that one. I haven't seen that one. It's really cool. It's really yeah, cool. We're releasing the next one uh, January 28th. So I, I, you know, of course, this one will be the most. The most interesting yet, and we're predicting obviously some some significant changes uh, in New Zealand um, due to lockdown, but not solely you know solely the reason behind it. But um, it's been it's been a big year for all of us, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to that one. That'll be a, an interesting one to read for sure. Mm, cool. So. All right, thanks, Mike. We we're gonna go ahead and end it because Richard's got to jump to another call. Um, not that you're not the most important call of the day, Mike, you are, uh, but we really appreciate you joining us and thank you so much. We appreciate, thank you so much for your time. Excellent. Thank you very much for having me. Great to, great to be here. Happy holidays, everyone. If you're getting some and uh, here's to a big 2021, right? Absolutely. Yeah, same to you, Mike. Mm.